encouraging was it to end practice with the, with the way you did that touchdown? Um, well, look, it, it was more encouraging than the way the two-minute drill started. We, again, we had penalty, penalty. Um, you know, we're we're working through some of that. And uh, I said this, I've said this repeatedly. There, you know, there kind of ebbs and flows to some of these drills. Ebbs and flows, indeed. The Broncos on Saturday finished their sixth straight training camp practice, pushing them through the midway point of a training camp heading into the 2023 season. Hello, my name is Nick Cosmeter, and you're listening to the Not Another Bucking podcast on the beat writer covering the Broncos at The Athletic. And what, thank you, everybody, for listening, for subscribing, for um, whether it's on YouTube, listening on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Uh, we really appreciate uh, everybody who's kind of come along for this ride. Um, today, what we're going to do is talk about where the Broncos are, right? So they had just finished off, like I said, their sixth practice in a row. They're eighth in the last nine days as they take a day off here Sunday and get ready um, to start preparing for their first preseason game next Friday in Arizona against the Cardinals. And the theme, I think, going into uh, Saturday's practice after Friday was avoiding some of the pre-snap penalties that have become uh, a little bit of an issue for the Broncos offense in this camp. Obviously, Sean Payton um, came into this to this offseason program making that a large priority. Um, you all know the things that he said to USA Today about the former staff. He mentioned in there that the Broncos were among the league leaders in pre-snap penalties on both sides of the football. Uh, they were tied for fifth on offense. They were tied for third on defense and so clearly that is something when he watched the film from 2022 that frustrated him quite a bit and so it, it has become an emphasis and he said friday not only is it an emphasis it's got to be more than that and if it keeps showing up for a player that player will be will be benched now is he going to bench his you know his his 87 million dollar right tackle is he going to bench his you know his pro bowl left tackle um you know maybe not there's probably a sliding scale to this uh, but if you're somebody that's trying to make the team, that will be a pretty good way to, um, you know, to kind of hurt your stock if you continue to do this. And it emanated from Friday's two-minute drill. The Broncos, uh, it was the first time in this camp that they went to the two-minute hurry-up situation, um, practicing that at the at the end of their session. And it was a disaster. The Broncos, in, in that session with the first-team offense, had back-to-back false start penalties, giving them a first and uh first and 20 um and and after a short pass on on first and forever um russell wilson had a pass on second and long that was tipped at the line of scrimmage intercepted by randy gregory and returned for a touchdown fast forward to saturday um the broncos first team offense gets out there again uh first penalty or first first play is a holding call now not a pre-snap penalty uh but certainly once again not putting your best foot forward in this critical two minute drill uh, after the holding penalty comes a false start, another pre-snap penalty. So now the Broncos are facing a first and 25 from their own 10 yard line. You put yourself in that situation. You, you're, you're done. The, the statistical oddities, uh, I mean, the statistical chances of you being able to overcome that situation, especially in a, in a two minute deal um, are, are super rare. So that, so that was a frustration for Sean Payton. Um, when he when he came off the field again, the Broncos are are for the third offseason in a row implementing a new offense. There's there's new new lingo. Sean Payton's offense is 
is complicated in terms of uh, of its play calls, of its various alignments uh, and things like that. And it, it is a certainly a learning curve for a lot of these young players and, and veterans alike, um, you know, who, who haven't had a taste of this before. So some of this is to to be expected, right? He also brought in officials and essentially said to them, look, I want you to call this razor close. Um, we, we need to know if we're even close to some of these penalties. And so I think you have th- that with that sort of green light from from the coach, I think you have uh, you had some officials over these last two practices who are certainly, I think, um, you know, being more than willing to throw some of these penalties. Um, and and so, again, it, it was a situation where they were tr- they were trying to get the big picture of, of what this is going to look like, of the things, of the root causes that can cause some of these penalties. And so it'll be very interesting going into Monday, these final three practices, but three or four practices before the Broncos play this game, um, you know, what the staff was able to pull out of that, that film review of, the, of these last two days um, and, and really kind of put to the team and say, hey, these, these are why some of these penalties are popping up. Let's find a way to dip these in the bud this week. Um, so that we can play a clean game on Friday night in Arizona. With all that being said, um, there were certainly positives to come out of the last two days of practice. Russell Wilson's best two days of camp so far. And there has been in and around Denver a lot of sort of sky is falling commentary when it comes to the offense for, through the first you know four or five practices, whatever it, whatever it might have been. Um, and even though they, we've been here before in terms of, you know, offensive change of, of implementing new schemes and sort of the, the time that that takes, um, we knew going into this camp that the Broncos offense was going to be going up against a defense that was benefiting from a lot of, um, schematic carryover in terms of Vance Joseph coming in and and running a lot of the same stuff that Ejiro Evero did in 2022, also, the, the the veteran carryover, so many guys on this defense who have been playing together for several seasons now, we knew it would be it would be concerning if that group wasn't well ahead of what the offense was doing. Um, and so that has been the case. That was the case through the first five, six practice, full practices or so. Um, and it's not as if the offense was um, just couldn't ever move the ball. It wasn't. Now, Russell Wilson had one stretch last week where he threw uh, picks on back-to-back days to open the first team period, but it's not as if he was out here just throwing interception after interception or or missing targets, you know, up, down, left, right. Um, it wasn't super smooth, uh, but again, it, it wasn't it wasn't this just unmitigated disaster that I think in some ways um, it had been portrayed to be out here at camp. Uh, but the last two days, I think, offered some real real encouragement in terms of okay. This is what happens. You start to come up to speed a little bit um, and, and and some of the mistakes that were getting made based on unfamiliarity with scheme, with various things like that are starting to be, um, you know, sort of addressed. And that looked most prominent for Russell Wilson uh, in Saturday's practice. Very crisp from the start of the first seven on sevens through the multiple uh, full team drills that we saw. Um, you know, just just a greater confidence in in what they were doing, getting the ball out quickly, um, and it was all highlighted uh, in that second two minute drill on Saturday. Obviously, we addressed the, the the first one that included the hold and the false start. On the second one, the Broncos 
began at their own 41-yard line with about a minute and a half left on the clock and two timeouts, needing to score a touchdown. Uh, Russell Wilson hits a couple quick passes that get them a first down. Um, you know, then, then they have a run uh, or a play that doesn't get out of bounds. So they're, they're behind the clock a little bit. Ultimately, they are facing a first and 10 um, at the opponent 47-yard line. They're now down to less than 30 seconds uh, on the clock. Russell Wilson takes the snap, looks to his right where he sees Jerry Judy get a step on cornerback Damari Mathis and, and just lets go one of these classic Russell Wilson moon balls that is perfectly on target. Jerry Judy sort of slides into the end zone, uh, getting the ball where only he could catch it, uh, hauls it in for a 47-yard touchdown, much to the delight of the crowd that was still there on the hill watching the end of practice. Um, it was just sort of a um, the, the best pass of training camp for Russell Wilson, but also just sort of a, a good um, exclamation point on what was a much-improved final two days for that offense. So again, I think if you're a Broncos fan, you're encouraged by the way that this is progressing. Uh, obviously, if, if if your concern over Russell Wilson is simply that he put together the worst season of his career a year ago, that there were a lot of things footwork-wise, health-wise, um, different things like that, that that sort of torpedoed that season for he and the Broncos, like I think all of that is is very valid. Having just concerns based on whether um, some of that is going to linger is fair. But if you if you put training camp in a vacuum and, and look and isolate just that, it, it to, for Russell Wilson, I think has been um, a normal progression that you would expect uh, in this sort of first time scheme with Sean Payton, a coach who again demanding of the details, wants everything to look to look perfect, um, and and sort of the push for perfection takes some time. Uh, but I think what what is what has stood out to me about Russell Wilson is is the way that he has interacted with with his teammates in this camp who have who have just had a lot to say about sort of his mindset is a word that you keep hearing. Um, so let's, let's listen to what a couple of teammates, Kendall Hinton and Cortland Sutton um, have had to say about Russell Wilson in this camp. What's just impressed you most about, about Russ this off season, obviously to, to end a six day stretch, the way that, uh, the way yeah. that he did right here was, was great. But what, what is, what's impressed you as you guys have started to continue to gain more ground offensively? Uh, he's been so determined this, this off season and, uh, you know, going to camp, um, you know, he, he's been, uh, I think great this offseason, just connecting with guys and, um, you know, being in a great mind space. And I'm, I'm ready to see what he, he's going to let loose this, this season. See Russ out there in a different light and seeing him, you know, you guys have seen him. He looks amazing, um, you know, from you know the outside appearance, but then just talking to him and, you know, where his headspace is and, uh, you know, where he is, you know, trying to get to. It's amazing to, you know, see him in that light and, and knowing that, you know, he has a you know, a chip on his shoulder because he knows that, you know, he didn't, you know, put out what he wanted to put out last year. And, and um, you know, we all, you know, everyone knows Russ, who Russ is and the things that he's done. And last year wasn't, you know, obviously what we wanted to see. And, you know, I know that knowing him, it wasn't what he wanted to put out, put out there. And so to see him, you know, show up, um, looking the way he did and, you know, um, having the mindset that he had, it's, it's, it's very encouraging. It's very, um, I don't know, it's, a, it's one of those things that, you know, everyone is, is rallying behind him and, and ready to go to work. And like we said, this defense is giving Russell Wilson headaches on most days, right? He's learning this new offense, going against a defensive unit that has all that continuity that we talked about. But it also has a new piece that has been um, just really excellent through these first 
eight full practices. And that Zach Allen, the defensive end that the Broncos uh, signed in free agency to a three year, $45 million deal. Um, he has been every bit as good as advertised as an, as an ascending player who can be disruptive in the backfield in multiple ways. Um, that has been the case with Zach Allen. It, you, you see the size. I think that was, that is one thing that has struck me about Zach Allen. You can, you can read what a guy is listed at um, on a stat sheet, but when you see him on the field, um, it, it's really different. He has this just massive upper body, very long wingspan. Um, he is able to, to be fluid in playing multiple positions on that defensive line. Um, you know, I think Vance Joseph is obviously well-versed in knowing how to use him within different fronts, having coached him the last four years in Arizona. And I think it's just going to give this Broncos defensive line um, opportunities to do a lot of different things to, um, you know, to, to create some gap leverages that, that I think give them a chance to, um, to blitz in creative ways. We've already seen some of that um, through training camp. And I looked at practice the other day for, for all kind of the, look, we're talking about Russell Wilson bouncing back. The number one concern for this defense is whether it can apply constant pressure to the quarterback. There, there was a uh, early in practice or early in training camp. I think the first practice you look over during, during a play in 11 on 11s and you see the guys on the field, it's Randy Gregory, it's DJ Jones, Zach Allen, and Frank Clark. And, and, you know, that's not going to be the front, you know, front four for every single play, but you say, Man, that that is some pretty good top end talent, and, and if that is a group that can stay healthy, now again, that has been a moving target, especially for a guy like Randy Gregory throughout his career. Uh, Frank Clark, obviously at thirty years old, has, has had some issues. He's missed a couple days of camp for various things, though he should be back uh, in practice on Monday. Um, but again, I, I think I think you're starting to see um, so, some of the depth that that, that the Broncos are going to be counting on. Um, you know, come up in practice. Guys like Jonathan Harris, Harris, um, Matt Henningsen, um, have started to play really well, and and they're going to need those guys, especially after um, any Uazarike gets suspended for gambling. The second year player who I think they thought could play a role on this defense, you you have you have other guys now starting to come up and, and fill those spots. But again, Zach Allen, when you're talking about that front, um, he's been impressive, and and what Quinn Miners, who has had the I guess fortune for his preparation, misfortune for how it looks every day in practice um, of going against Zach Allen. Yeah, Zach um, has definitely, you know, he used, you know, when JJ was in Arizona, Zach definitely uh, learned a little bit from him. You know, he, the way he lines up and sometimes will play um, backside into things. You know, he, he uh, you really got to play him true. Um, you know, he, he practices hard every single day, just, and uh, it's it's really fun to, to go against him every single day. And, uh, continue to get better. And of course, the other part of this defense that continues to stand out uh, is the secondary. Now, I tweeted this the other day, or I, I X'd it, I guess. I posted an X. There's just no good way to say that. Like, I X'd it. I posted an X. Yeah, either way, it just it's just awkward. We don't get to just say tweeted anymore, although I think people will just continue to say that. Um, anyway, so I put out this post the other day about about Pat Sertan, where I said, I just, I think people don't still fully grasp just how good this guy is. Uh, he was the ninth overall pick in the 2021 draft. And from the very moment that he got to Denver and he's in his first, you know, mini camp and, and playing just about every role defensively, dime back, nickel, um, nickel, outside corner, uh, whatever it might be. And just grasping all of it in a complicated Vic Vangio defense right away. Um, he's only gotten better in terms of just, 
dominating and, and being on top of everything, but making it look just so effortless. And, and that is that is the way that Pat Sertan has been in this training camp. Um, you know, he was the star of last year's training camp, and it's just it's just again looking even better in 2023. He had a play the other day where he was covering Cortland Sutton in the end zone, and his coverage was so tight that the the ball um thrown by Russell Wilson ends up whacking Sertan in the head because there was nowhere, there was just nowhere for him to put the pass. And um and it just sort of goes to show you how much he's blanketed receivers, how how easy it has been for him to um, you know, apply pressure to this offense. There's no better training for for Russell Wilson for some of these receivers than than trying to target the you know arguably best cornerback in football. And, and I, I think you're going to see the benefits of that going forward, uh, you know, for the offense. But you know, it, it was interesting. Sean Payton having talked about Pat Sertan the other day said, you know, he's a guy when we're when we're facing a cornerback like that. Um, where we like to go at him, right? We want to we want to run the ball at him early. We want to try to make him tackle, uh, bring sort of the physicality uh, to him. Um, and, and Pat Sertan afterward kind of had a laugh about that. But but that's another area where he has just gotten so much better. We saw um, a play the other day where a pass in the flat to the running back, he's there ready to lay lay a hit immediately. He, he's become more physical, stronger. Um, not afraid at the point of contact to to really get up and and make a hit and there's just zero weaknesses in his game and it's been impressive to see but in terms of the rest of the secondary you have Justin Simmons same way coming off of a 2022 season in which he certainly should have made the Pro Bowl led led the NFL with six interceptions um, despite missing five games due to injury uh, he's picked off picked up where he left off last season. Uh, looks to be in for another another big year. And you're starting to see some more of that depth develop. We've talked about it on the podcast uh, a little bit already. Damari Mathis, uh, notwithstanding the the burn by Jerry Judy to, to end practice on Saturday, he's played really well. Um, Fayon Hicks is a guy, a seventh-round pick in 2022, who I didn't really get on the field last year. And I think a lot of people um, you know, sort of hadn't been thinking much about after they drafted Riley Moss. Uh, in the third round after Jaquan McMillan, an undrafted free agent, uh, got got a start in weeks 18 last year and played really well in the offseason. But Fayon Hicks has been really good in training camp. So there's just a lot of guys in that secondary that are going to be the ones, um, you know, that ultimately have to see the field. There's going to be injuries. Um, it, it's just part of the nature. But I think this group is well-equipped depth-wise, even more so than I think a lot of us thought going into um, this training camp. Another interesting piece of the defense as we kind of end there um, is the linebacker situation. Jonas Griffith became the second uh, season ending injury, unfortunately, early last week when, when he suffered an ACL tear. Um, he'll be out for the season after having missed the second half of last season with a foot injury. Um, a big blow just in terms of experienced depth behind Josie Jewell and Alex Singleton and also Jonas Griffith, uh, big time special teams presence has been since he joined the Broncos in 2021, I think was going to be a key player for this new special teams coaching staff uh, in multiple areas, probably all, you know, core four special teams player. Um, so, so that that will be a loss. But what it also is, um, I guess on a silver lining side, is an opportunity for Drew Sanders, the third round pick out of Arkansas, um, to to have a quicker impact. He is a guy that is an, another player who is hard to miss 
in training camp, not because he's always necessarily uh, in the right spot. He's a he's a rookie leading uh, learning a complicated position uh, in this defense, and it's going to take some time for him to get fully up to speed. Um, but just in the way that he sort of effortlessly moves, um, you know, across the field, we we watch these linebacker drills up close to start practice. They're they're weaving their way through, um, you know, through through tackling dummies. Um, you know, they're, they're doing high need situations where they're, where, where they're just kind of, um, doing mobility exercises and things like that. And just the way that Drew Sanders kind of coasts through some of that stuff. Um, you can just tell that athletically he's a little bit different. Alex Singleton, the starting linebacker, um, he's, he said as much about Sanders saying, man, he, he just, he just has some, some stuff physically, um, that's different. We saw some of it in a, in a play and practice on on Saturday. And of course, these are, these are non-contact practices. The Broncos on Saturday weren't even in full pads, shoulder pads, helmets, uh, and shorts. And (laughs) Drew Sanders comes up to make a stop on a, on a kind of an end around play. And he's just there so quickly that, you know, kind of before he can really stop himself, he has, he has sort of, um, you know, put the, uh, uh, put the wide receiver in a, in a (laughs) chokehold, a WWE style and, and takes him down, uh, really without even trying to do so. Uh, it, it was just another window into, I, I think, the athleticism he has, the quickness, and it's going to be really interesting to see the ways in which the Broncos use him, how, how quickly he can get up to speed in order to have a package maybe of 12 to 15 to 18 defensive snaps a game in which he's playing some inside linebacker, but he's also um, you know, being used on the edge. Really fascinated to see how, how Sean Payton and Vance Joseph are going to kind of put that package together for him. Um, and here's what Sean Payton had to say just about Drew Sanders, uh, his learning process, and also just, again, some of the physical tools that he has. Um, good. You know, there's some, there's some, there's a learning curve. And yet, man, you, you see, you see physicality, you see speed, um, his stature, his length, all of those things. Um, you know, he's, he's going to be someone that does a lot of things for us. We see him certainly getting reps in the kicking game. Um, I've been encouraged. Of course, the injury news for the Broncos has not been all negative. There's a huge positive, and that is the fact that Javante Williams, the third-year running back, continues to progress positively in his return from a major knee injury last October that included an ACL tear and other ligament damage. Um, He continues to just really show that he is going to be a guy that is not only ready for the start of the season, but is going to be a major impact player uh, on this offense. And that is, again, a little bit unbelievable for where a lot of us, Javante Williams himself, thought that he might be uh, in early August, uh, shortly after he had that injury. And Sean Payton talked a little bit about, um, you know, the the surprise factor of Javante Williams reaching this point the way that he has. Back in the spring when we visited and we talked about him, I think all of you re- and expect, I mean, uh, rightfully so, were a little surprised to hear that he might be on time, not on PUP. We still, but we still have to be um, mindful of his reps and understand that, you know, an ACL recovery is X amount of time, and then they tell you it continues to heal into year two. So we, we're doing a good job of, of working him through um, the scripts and the practice plans, and then being patient with what we're asking him to do. But I've been pleased to. To see him out here and 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 not having to miss, you know, a week or two, and and that was to his credit. 
you know, the offseason he's had. Some guys recover quicker from that injury than others. And, and fortunately for us, he's doing a good job doing that. There was a play in practice last week that I think really exemplified, you know, that next step for Javante Williams. He was he was in in a route as a wide receiver with with Russell Wilson on the field. Um, it turned into a, a scramble drill. So obviously in, in that situation as a running back, as a receiver, you are now um, sort of responsible for shaking your defender or finding a way to present yourself as a target. And Williams w- was going up the left sideline, just saw out of the, out of the, out of out of his periphery that Russell Wilson was moving, um, stopped on a dime, uh, made sort of a slant in cut toward the middle, a, a little bit back toward the middle of the field, got himself open, you know, caught the ball, planted his knee, turned back up uh, up the sideline, and and it just sort of again really showed you all all within you know just this split second of him um, you know kind of cutting moving. Um, you know, j- just being this 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 athlete in the way that he is as a receiver um, that he showed last year before he got hurt that he could do, um, and, and it turns into a big play. And it's moments like that where you say, okay, th- those are the things that that could really test you in a game physically. And, and he's out here doing it without without a lot of thought to it, um, you know, w- without any sort of ill effects. As as Sean Payton said, it's a credit to him that he has not needed, um, you know more than the built-in day off here and there that they're giving him as part of just his, his recovery. Um, and again, Javante Williams would probably be doing even more. He has said if, if it wasn't for this, this um, medical staff kind of laying out the the blueprint of, of what the recovery needs to look like. Um, it, it's just, it's just huge. I mean, th- this is a guy, th- this is a team that is going to be, you know, a power running team. This is going to be a team that I think is going to lead running the ball first, um, Sean Payton has already said that needs to be their DNA. Um, it's going to make life much easier for Russell Wilson um, if they can effectively be a team that um, you know brings that fight from the ground first. That that isn't isn't trailing in games. Um, can, can can run the clock, can own the clock a little bit more than they did last year, or a lot more than they did last year. And Javante Williams is going to be a huge part of that. You know, Sean Payton has always used receiver or running backs in a way uh, in in which they're not just they're not just out here for kind of flares and and checkdowns. He wants these receivers to be guys who run routes deep in the the middle of the field. And Javante Williams is not Alvin Kamara in that regard, um, but but I think he's a guy that has sort of the you know the, the talent and and you know the hands and, and is improving as a route runner to where he's he's going to be able to to create some mismatches in that way. Um, so again, he continues to progress positively in that direction, and we're going to see him. At some point in this preseason, Sean Payton has said, probably won't. It sounded like it's not going to be Friday night for Javante Williams, maybe the following week against the 49ers. Um, so let's kind of close this talking about some of the things we are expecting to see against the Cardinals or what we hope to see against the Cardinals on Friday night. One of those is is Sean Payton says, you know, look, our, our starters are going to play. That includes Russell Wilson. So we think we'll get to see number three in action uh, in Arizona. And I think the thing that you want to see that w- with that uh, beyond health, everything for, for the Broncos, obviously in the, this preseason, you want to stay healthy and not suffer any more of these, you know, season ending injuries that you've already had to this point. Um, but, I, but I think with Russell Wilson, it's just playing with this new offensive line in front of you, um, you know, getting a chance to gel with that group a little bit in a game like setting is going to be important. 
you know, they're not going to scheme for the Cardinals in a, in a major way. Sean Payton said really just one day spent on, on their personnel. Um, it, it's going to be relatively vanilla in terms of what they do offensively, but just the comfort with that group, the chance to get back out there. A, a lot of this is getting the bad taste of 2022 um, out of, out of their mouths. Uh, but specifically with Russell Wilson, it's like how quickly, how efficiently do you get the operation going? How quickly are we getting these play calls in the huddle? How quickly are we getting the line of scrimmage? Do we have the chance to check into some different things that we need? That has been an emphasis for Sean Payton. Uh, Tempo is huge in this offense, not necessarily just from a let's hurry up and go and get the snap off perspective, but hey, let's hurry and get to the line, make the checks that we need, get everybody lined up in the right way. Um, And and that's, that's some of the stuff that I will be watching for as Russell Wilson and the first team offense. Um, take the field. The other thing is we've already got some some interesting position battles brewing. I spoke a little bit about Javante Williams, Samaj P. Ryan. Obviously, his his spot as the number two running back uh, is secure. But who's getting on the roster outside of that? You have three guys in Tony Jones Jr., um, uh, Tyler Beatty, and the undrafted rookie Jalil McLaughlin, who's been one of the you know standouts of camp. All three of those guys, I would expect, are going to get a lot of work against the Cardinals. And they are all playing right now for uh, they're in a tight battle, I think, for a spot on this roster. Um, perhaps the Broncos keep four running backs. I think probably more likely considering you have fullback Michael Burton, who will be in that backfield as well. Denver will probably only keep three true running backs. So this is this is that that to me is the most interesting position battle um, that, that is going to take place on Friday night. Obviously, receiver. That's another one. Um, I think this is a big game for Brandon Johnson, the second-year player who was an undrafted rookie last year who would have made the team out of camp had it not been for an injury, ultimately got back onto the team, had a, had a touchdown against the Panthers, had six catches um, over the last few games of the season. But he has had a great camp. And with Tim Patrick Hurt, I think has a chance, a real chance to be the number three leading wide receiver in this offense, um, but, but really eager to see what he looks like in that game setting as he continues to grow as a player. So th- those are, I think, the main things that I'm that I'm watching for. And as we kind of wrap this up and close, looking back to the beginning of this, can they avoid these pre-snap penalties? Can they have a clean operation? I think after the last two days of practice this week and then going into the first three practices or so of next week, that is going to be a strong emphasis for Sean Payton. He'll be looking for um, not a perfect game, but a far cleaner game. Um, so let us know what, what, what are some of the things that you guys are going to be looking for in Friday's game? Um, you know, comment, uh, whether it's in the comments of the YouTube channel or, um, you know, on Twitter at Nick Cosmeyer, let us know what you think, what you guys are looking for. And we will be back after the game with a breakdown of everything we saw Uh, until then. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.